Hello, Mama. Excited to be here with you today, sitting here in my closet, coming to you. And we are going to continue our series today on biblical discipline. And I'm really excited to share today's information with you. I think you're actually going to really like it. You're going to, for most of you, it's going to be easy to receive and it um, hopefully will help you feel equipped and even excited about parenting, give you some um, more understanding about how to approach it, how to look at things. And so I really think you're going to benefit from today. And uh, I hope that you do. I pray that you do. I've been praying that God would just use me and speak to me. And, you know, that's a disclaimer I do want to give is I'm not a parenting expert. Like I'm still a young mom. I don't know all of the things. I haven't raised kids, you know, up their whole life. I don't know um, where this is going to end up. But what I do know, one, is that I am following the wisdom of people that have gone before me. So I'm following the wisdom of my pastors. I'm following the wisdom um, of books that I, I believe are based in biblical truth. I'm following the wisdom of the Bible. Um, and so I am not basing this on nothing, um, but I do want to sh- share that. Like, you know, if you uh, pop in the Facebook group and you have questions and I want you to ask those, I might not be able to answer all of them because I'm not like all knowing about this. I'm still learning with you. But what I have found is as I've dug into this topic and trying to figure out the answers for myself, and really this is kind of where this series has come from, is I have been seeking these answers. I've been confused by culture and what culture is saying and been confused by what the Bible's saying and been trying to figure out like, what are the answers? What do I do? How do I do this parenting thing well in a way that honors God and, and holds fast to biblical truth? And so I have gone on a journey. And what I'm doing here is just sharing that journey with you, sharing the the wisdom I've found in books and in conversations. And I hope that it will help you on your journey. And I, and I hope your journey doesn't stop here, that this is just a spark for you to continue it. You know, today I'm really going to talk a ton about the book, Shepherding a Child's Heart. And that's where a lot of this method comes from that I'm going to share with you. But I believe that's so firmly based in the Bible and what God says about our hearts and, and how we are to go to him and what he wants to see in us, that it's never about behavior change. It's all about what's happening in our heart. And that's really what God cares about. And so I hope that you go and read this book. Like, don't just take my word for it. I'm not going to fully do everything justice because I'm just trying to relay something that I'm still trying to understand and and still put into practice. And I have been trying to put it in practice and, and have seen beautiful results from it. But I didn't write the book. I didn't, again, raise these kids to teenagers like like these people have. And so I hope that you continue your journey. Have your have conversations with your pastors. Read more books. Uh, really get to the bottom of Pray. Ask God what, what he is saying to you because uh, that's really where it's all going to happen for you. And you can't just take my word for it, as I always say, like... But I do hope that this sparks some excitement, um, sparks some equipping for you, um, gives you some direction to kind of lean into as you figure out what the answers are for you and as you parent. So I'm excited. Um, I mentioned the Facebook group. Make sure if you haven't hopped in there that you pop in there. You can ask ask all your questions. Um, It's just such a great community of women that are uh, striving to be uh, the kind of moms that God calls us to and do it from a place of health, um, from a place of healing. And that's always an incomplete journey. And so we need to be surrounded by other people that are trying to figure this stuff out too. So make sure you get in there. You can find it at bit.ly. That's B-I-T dot L-Y slash Morning Mama Facebook group. Or you can go into Facebook and search for Morning Mama Collective or mental health support group 
um, things like that. <laughs> I can't remember the full title ever. I really should memorize it. Uh, or you can go to the show notes um, and there's a link to it there. That's the easiest way to find it. But I hope to see you there. It's growing like crazy over there and it's just so incredible to see what God is doing. So make sure you hop in there. And I am so excited to continue our series today. Let's do it. Welcome to the Morning Mama podcast, where it is time to wake up to the life you were created for. Come join me on a journey to heal from your past, craft a healthy, joy-filled life, and discover the gifts and passions inside of you that the world needs. Hi, I'm Brittany, a former marriage and family therapist who is ready to help you grab hold of your courage, step out in faith, and discover that your life can become more than you ever dreamed possible. This is Morning Mama, a place for you to throw off all that has been holding you back and run into true freedom. All right, Mama, so let's jump into biblical discipline. So up until now, this series really has been about um, kind of shedding some biblical light on some of the things that culture has been kind of uh, speaking to us. It's also been about reflecting on our own hearts and uh, where we've gotten our beliefs and where we stand in our beliefs and really trying to hold the beliefs we have in our heart, hold the beliefs from culture and hold it all to the, the light and the truth of the Bible. And so really we've been kind of looking at um, what the Bible's not saying, like that things that culture is saying, but the Bible is not saying. Um, and so this is the first really set of episodes where we're really going to actually talk about some practical application and what this looks like. And with biblical discipline, we are, we are going to talk about spanking. That is going to be part of the conversation. But these first episodes, I wanted to first focus on the other aspects of what you do, which really are far bigger and far reaching than uh, spanking. And and we'll go into that. And I have a lot to share, a lot of research I've done, a lot of thoughts, things that God has spoken to me. And I'm excited to share it all with you because it really has been a huge journey for me. But today we're really going to focus on kind of the, the big picture of what it looks like to parent from a biblical standpoint. And this looks different from culture. Like culture, we've talked about, doesn't know the answers. Culture is trying to figure things out. They're they're taking research. They're taking random thoughts. They're taking uh, the current ideologies of where where the cultural movements are going, and they kind of warp it all together into one thought. And there is some great stuff that is happening right now, and there's some great stuff that's been spoken in the past. But all of it is lacking the fullness, the full picture of what I believe God calls us to, which really excites me because really when I set out on this journey, I know I felt uh, discouraged. I had heard what culture had to say and I, I liked a lot of it because it felt right. It felt easy. It felt hopeful. It felt less harsh. And oh man, I just was like, I want to, that feels good. I want to do that. But as God kind of convicted me and led me a different direction, I was so worried that, oh no, this means that there is no softness to uh, me as a parent. Like I have to be more strict and I have to do these things. And part of that's true, but we'll talk about that. But what I found is that actually the core of all of this is that it actually goes to a deeper, more meaningful, more beautiful, more authentic place with your children. Like the, the whole goal of biblical parenting is to focus on their hearts and what is going on in their hearts. 
And that excited me because I'm like, yes, I care about that. I believe in that. Even what I've shared with you about restoration theory and how you can kind of use the four steps with your kids to to help them name their feelings. And we're going to go into that a little bit today. But it's like all of this is what I I long for in parenting is to have these deep, rich conversations and uh, help walk my kids through things. And for some reason, I think because of the past and where the pendulum has swung in our culture and, you know, some of that... um, people thought that's what the Bible was saying is uh, just to be strict, just to be harsh, uh, not to explain things, you know, just do as I tell you. I don't need to to teach you. Um, I think I, I assumed that some of that was from the Bible, but I, I don't believe it is. Now, I believe there are things that we do need to stand in. We do need to be firm in our consequences and our boundaries and, and what that looks like. And again, we'll go into that more soon. But the core of it is getting to the heart. And that is so exciting. And I, I think you're, you, I imagine you would also feel excited with me in this. Like um, this idea of biblical parenting doesn't have to be this scary uh, monster, you know, kind of parenting from uh, what we, we've seen a lot in the past. It doesn't, it doesn't look like that. I don't believe that's what God calls us to. So, so if we were to kind of boil biblical parenting down or biblical discipline down, I believe the three things that it comprises is we focus on the heart, we are consistent, and we are deeply loving. And we'll, we'll go more into all of that. But I, I do believe that this is something that other par- forms of parenting are lacking. I, I don't believe that there's any form of parenting out there right now that has all of this in it. Now, modern parenting, as we've, we've kind of touched on, uh, some of that's attachment parenting, some of it's uh, positive parenting or gentle parenting. There's a lot of different names for it. Now, I believe there's so many good things in that. You know, again, this pendulum from our culture has swung from uh, this harshness of parenting and kind of not uh, allowing feelings, but also not allowing bad behavior. And so there was like that strictness there, which there's good elements there, but uh, lacking a lot, right? Lacking a lot of that teaching and, and the love and that connection. And now the pendulum has swung in our culture to the other side where it's kind of all about feelings. It's all about meeting your kids where they're at, which I'm not fully against. We're going to talk about that because I also believe in holding them to God's standards, no matter what age they're at, but it is meeting them in the midst of where they're at and and helping them walk through that, teaching them in the middle of that. And so, but I believe a big part of uh, parent modern parenting in, in our culture um, has this overemphasis on feelings. And I think not just in parenting, I think we can see this in other parts of culture, um, you know, even just like in the self-care movement. And we, I have some episodes on that. If you haven't heard them, I don't remember what episodes, but I think there's something in the title about self-care. And there's this kind of mentality out there that you should follow your feelings. You should let your feelings be kind of in charge because if you're feeling anxious about something or if you're feeling overwhelmed or you're feeling burnt out, it means maybe you should, you should take a step back and, oh, self-care time. I'm not going to press forward into that because there's some negative feelings going on. And while I'm all about caring for yourself, I mean, we have to be uh, healthy physically, spiritually, mentally in order to show up for God, for our families, for our, our marriages, for all of it. So we can't neglect that. However, I don't believe that our feelings should be in charge. Our feelings are not to be trusted. We don't need to ignore them. In fact, we do need to acknowledge them and speak truth over them, but we cannot be led by them. And so I believe this movement in our culture is that's that's a huge emphasis is being led by your feelings. Let them rule the day. Like, how are you feeling today? And this goes to many different categories that we've seen in culture. Like, 
What gender do you feel like? Who do you feel attracted to? Like it, it, it goes, it's far more far reaching. And so if we just let our feelings lead the way with no truth to, to keep us grounded. And while I have so much empathy for those feelings as Christ followers, we know that we, uh, truth is not relative. Truth is not made up. Truth isn't what we decide. It's what the Bible says. It's what God has said. And we are, we follow our lives based on that. And so we can't let feelings lead everywhere. We can't let feelings be the king. Uh, and if we do in so many different ways, we're going to end up in trouble. And so I think to me, this is what a lot of modern parenting is about, is letting those feelings rule the day. Now, there is some great teaching components as well to modern parenting that I do love. And we are going to talk more about teaching because that's an essential component as a parent. Uh, and if we look at the Bible, the God is all about teaching. Jesus is all about teaching. So we have to model that. But I also just believe that they, they let feelings kind of be too big. And I get where this is coming from. You know, the the previous pendulum swing was all about don't feel your feelings like your feelings are not important at all. And I believe that God calls us to understand our feelings, but also speak truth over them because our feelings are not the truth. Our feelings are always, almost always going to misguide us. And so, you know, what part of what modern parenting says is that it's okay you feel this way and therefore it's okay for you to respond outwardly however you want. Now, they do set limits with safety, but they, they don't speak against, directly against uh, tantrums and yelling at your parents and, you know, throwing these fits and, and speaking, uh, disrespectfully. Like there's no, there's no talk about that kind of behavior. It's all about, okay, well, I won't let you hit me or I won't let you hit your sibling, which is a good boundary, obviously. But I believe that that that's pushing the boundaries too far. I believe we need to pull it and what's so beautiful about all of this is restoration theory fits so perfectly in this and really helps us explain why we can't just let our kids just express their feelings however they want. And that's not necessarily healthy. And here's why. Because if a child or a, an adult, whoever is in a tantrum, now adults absolutely have tantrums. It's one of the reasons I believe we got to help our kids learn this isn't a, a healthy way to express themselves, is if they're in a tantrum, that means they're in a moment of pain. And so that is happening in their brain. There's, there's some kind of pain happening. It's based on a violation of safety or a violation of love. And so there's something real going on inside that's triggering them. And so what they're doing with that tantrum, the, the child or the adult, is they're trying to cope with that feeling. And But what, what uh, modern parenting leaves out is that we all have a sin nature to us. And so uh, this, this trying to cope in these destructive ways is part of our sin nature. It's not healthy. And that pain that's happening is based in a lie. Because while there has been real violations of love and trust in all of our lives, that doesn't mean that those beliefs are true. So we've talked about this a lot before, if you've heard me talk about restoration theory, but you know, some of them, we all have three core pain points and these are based in those violations of love and trust. And these are kind of what are our triggers throughout life. And it becomes this, these beliefs that we have. And so, you know, for me, mine are, I feel alone, I feel out of control and I feel inadequate. So those are my pain points. That would, that's what would trigger me into a tantrum if I were to have one. And 
So, but these, the thing is, those things are not true. It is not true that I'm alone. Now, has there ever been a moment where uh, someone has hurt me and, and not met my needs completely and I have felt alone? Absolutely. Have I ever felt out of control and that there's, there was real things that were out of my hands and were out of my control? Absolutely. Right. So we understand these violations are real. These wounds that happen are real, but the, the feeling that comes out of it, that belief that comes out of it, those are not true because uh, going to alone, and this is why we need the Bible for this. It is not true that I am, I am alone. I am never alone. God says he will never leave me or forsake me. Never. So I I am never alone. Even if I had no other humans on my side and with me, I am never, ever alone. So it's not true. And so when I'm reacting out of that pain, it is not based on truth. And so what I believe this modern parenting is doing is putting too much emphasis on that feeling. And it's saying, yeah, because they're not speaking directly over that feeling. They're not um, saying like, hey, this is not true. What is what you're feeling right now? Because it's all about validating the feelings. Now, I believe in acknowledging the feelings and even validating them, if you will, by naming them. But we have to speak that truth over them. And there is some of this in modern parenting. You know, there's a lot of different kind of paths in modern parenting. So, you know, it's hard to speak over all of it. And I don't want to dismiss the beauty in some of it because there really is some good stuff there. But I believe that when we just let these feelings go and we, what a lot of uh, what I've heard is just to like focus on the coping skills. So teaching them how to respond to those feelings in a different way, but that's neglecting to speak the truth over that lie. And so we have to start there by acknowledging the feeling, but saying that's not true. It's not true that you're alone. It's not true that you're unloved and speaking that directly to our kids. And then, okay, so, so this is the four steps. So if you want to learn more about restoration theory, go back to episodes 15 through 20. It is such a powerful tool uh, created by Dr. Terry Hargrave. It is amazing. It has changed my life and so many other people. Um, also, we're going to be having a Morning Mama Academy launching again soon. Still don't have the dates for you. <laughs> we'll have them someday, but we, we dive into this. I help you craft your pain and your peace cycles to really help yourself understand what is going on inside of you. And then once you do that for yourself, you're going to be a lot more equipped to help your kids do the same thing for them. So we, we name the, the feeling. So I feel alone. We name what we would usually do to cope, right? And so for me, a lot of times, just like these kids, we'll say it's this tantrum, right? So it's, it's anger. So I feel alone and usually I would get angry, but then I speak the truth. And and by the way, just because uh, it's something that's happening in our brain, like that, that anger is this kind of almost automatic reaction to that feeling of pain, doesn't make it mean that it's not sin. It is sin in us and in our kids. We all are born with a sin nature. And so that is something that modern parenting ignores because it's not based in the Bible. So it makes sense. They don't, they don't believe in that. But as Christians, as Christ followers, we can't neglect to see that, to see that our kids, even when they're these little munchkins that are trying to learn and they are trying to learn and it's our job to teach them, but it doesn't mean that there's not sin there that we need to acknowledge. And so 
we, you know, we say I would usually get angry, um, which, which would be a sin because in, in restoration theory, anger is more what we do, not necessarily how we're feeling. And so uh, anger is this outward reaction towards others, um, that is unkind. And so that, that would fall into sin. And so, uh, you know, I acknowledge that. And then I go to step number three, I speak the truth. So, but it's not true that I'm alone. I'm never alone. God says he will never leave me or forsake me. And so I remind myself of that truth. And then I go to step four. I choose a new action. So instead of getting angry, I'm going to reach out for connection. That's usually what it is for me because my anger is kind of trying to get that connection in an unhealthy way. And so for me, that the, the new action is to reach out for connection. And so I believe these four steps are one of the ways that we can get to the heart of our kids because we're helping understand what is hurting in their heart, what is going on inside of them, what is uh, triggering them to want to choose this sin nature by kind of taking control. And so this is one of the ways. And so, uh, but what I've, one of the quotes I've read recently is I've kind of, um, you know, just been checking in with different modern parenting, uh, popular people to see what they're saying. And this, there was this quote, it says, an obedient child is one that has mastered the art of bottling their emotions. So I, I completely disagree with this quote. It says an obedient child is one that has mastered the art of bottling their emotions. The reason I disagree with this is, first of all, God calls us to obedience in the Bible. We are That is one of the words he uses again and again is that we are called to be obedient to him. This means that we follow his laws. We follow his ways. And this is where, this is how we thrive. Obedience is where we get God's protection. It's where we we can live our lives in this way that helps us be healthy and whole and fulfilled. So we want obedience. Obedience is good. But that doesn't mean that we're bottling our emotions. So, you know, going back to this example that I shared of, of my four steps and my reaction. And again, this could be the same for a kid, right? They feel alone. They want to get angry, but the truth is they're never alone, right? So it doesn't matter if it's me or a kid, but I'm not bottling those emotions. I'm taking them captive. I'm holding that thought captive. I'm taking them under control and speaking truth over them because those emotions are not true. I have to speak what is true. And so I'm not ignoring them. I'm not dismissing it. I'm just putting it in the right place. I'm saying this is what I feel. And I've done all the work to understand why I'm feeling that. I I understand kind of how those things were developed and what violations happened in my life to create those wounds, which we all have, which with different names and look slightly different, but we all have them. And so I I know what's there. I understand it. I haven't just dismissed it and said, I'm just going to follow God and uh, get everything right without having to even look at those emotions. No, I actually think it's going to be a lot harder to follow God and be obedient if we don't look at the emotions because we do need to understand like the, the roots and what's going on and the pain points that are there, the, the really the things that other people's sin has caused in us often unintentionally, sometimes intentionally, but all of it has caused wounds. And so I'm acknowledging it all and putting it in its place. I'm not ignoring it, but I am being obedient in that I am taking every thought captive to Christ in that I am choosing a new action that that does fall under God's laws, which also means 
in that new action, I am bringing health to my relationship because that anger is destructive. That anger pushes me farther away from the person that I'm interacting with. That anger wounds others, right? It's it's my sin nature. So it's going to cause wounds in others and myself because I need that relationship, right? I just said that's, that's kind of even what my goal is to have that connection. And so when I choose that sin, I choose that way of coping, it is destructive to me. And so obedience... When I, I go through this process, I go through these four steps, I choose my new action that is obedient to Christ, that is where real health happens. You know, another quote from this same person said, an obedient child is a child who has learned to push down their feelings and needs. This is not true. Like, okay, going back to my example, I am in control of my feelings And I've learned how to express my needs in a healthy way that will actually help my needs get met, right? Because again, my goal of that anger is to have that connection. I feel alone. So what I'm seeking is connection. Like uh, an, uh, an example always helps you guys have probably heard me talk about this one before if you've been around here for a minute, but my husband comes in the door, he doesn't hug me, um, and I get triggered and I feel alone. So in the past, what I would do, and it's really gotten a lot better, but in the past, especially what I would do is I would get angry. And so I would say, you know, well, you don't, you do not love me. Why are you not hugging me? What, why did you ignore me when you walked in the door? Right? So if we're, uh, if, if really what they're trying to say is like vent to your feelings, don't, don't, you know, push them down, let them just run their course. That's what it would look like. It would look like me just bad mouthing him, not having any form of trust in our relationship. And how is he going to respond to that? Right? That is almost always going to trigger the other person and they're going to get in their pain cycle. Right? So if I'm just assuming the worst of my husband and I'm giving full vent to my anger and I'm saying, how could you do this to me? How could you ignore me? He is going to be triggered and he might feel inadequate. Like he's not a good enough husband. Like, and so then he's going to go into his coping, which for him is to withdraw. And so he's going to be farther from me. He's going to shut down more. And possibly this was just an honest mistake that happened probably the majority of the time, if not always, it's just an honest, honest mistake. But because I've given full vent to my feelings, I let them run their course. I let them uh, guide me. We ended up in this place where we are now farther removed. My needs are not going to be met because he is triggered. I'm triggered. He he doesn't even really know my needs because I'm not even sharing them in a healthy way. But if instead, instead of following my feelings, instead of uh, just kind of deciding I'm going to fight for my needs, however I have to, right? (laughs) Instead of doing that, which is going to actually not allow me to get my needs met, I'm going to choose obedience. It's going to hurt And I'm going to not want to do it, but I'm going to choose obedience and I'm going to walk through my four steps and speak the truth. I'm going to say I feel alone and I would usually get angry, but the truth is I'm never alone. And so instead of getting angry, I'm going to reach out for connection. Hey, can I have a hug? I really wanted a hug when you came in. I would love one, right? See how different that feels, but that is obedience because we are following what God commands us. And so, you know, and and I don't know 
whoever wrote this, I don't know if they would fully disagree with what I just said. I think they might actually find value in what I said. But I think what's happening is they're skewing this word of obedience and making it sound like it's it's not a good thing. Making it sound like the only option in obedience is to not even acknowledge feelings. And so maybe they're basing this off um, maybe the past use of this, like with the pendulum, you know, being on the other side, like I keep talking about, when it was all about this harsh, strict parenting and not acknowledging feelings and not teaching and not helping a child walk through that process. And obviously this is an exaggeration or it's true for some people, but not true for all. But but this is kind of the, the, the picture of generally where our culture was at. And so maybe that's what they're they're speaking towards. But I at least, um, whatever their intentions, I at least want to bring back this word of obedience and say this is not an evil word. This is a word that God calls us to in the Bible. Some quick examples of this, and there's so many, but uh, the first one is Deuteronomy 28.1. It says, and if you faithfully obey the voice of the Lord your God, being careful to do all his commandments that I command you today, the Lord God will set you high above all the nations of the earth. So, you know, even in the Bible, this obedience is not just what we're called to, it's also attached to blessings. God gives us rules and and ways to follow, not to be some evil dictator that uh, just wants us to, wants power. Uh, He has all the power. He doesn't need power, but he gives them to us because he knows what we need. We're his children. He knows how to help our lives thrive. He knows what it looks like to be healthy humans. And so obedience happens when we follow him, we follow his commandments, and through that, blessings come from our lives. And so this is exactly the model that we are to bring to our kids. We are teaching them to be obedient to us so they can understand how to be obedient to God for the rest of their lives. And through even teach them, through that comes blessings. Through that obedience comes God's protection. And so our job as parents is to help them understand this obedience. That means even when we don't want to, even when we don't feel like it, even when there's someone not treating us kindly, our job is to follow God's commandments. Our job is to love. Our job is to be different than the world. And so we are subject to this obedience where we are called to be obedient in all things, even when we don't feel like it. And so I don't believe obedience is pushing down the feelings, but it's acknowledging them and bringing them to the light of the truth and making sure that our feelings fall in line with God's word because our feelings are not king. They don't get to sit on the throne. If we let them sit on the throne, we're going to be in big trouble. This is why we are called to obedience. We're called to teach our kids to walk obedience. This verse spells it out so clearly. This is from Deuteronomy 5.33. It says, walk in obedience to all that the Lord your God has commanded you so that you may live and prosper and prolong your days in the land that you will possess. So it's again and again, God's call to obedience is tied to his blessings. And so we want to teach our kids to get those blessings. We want to teach our kids how to live in this way that this is really the only place they're going to find true health. 
And there's so many more verses just like that too. So if you want to find more, just go Google verses about obedience and you're going to find so many. So I want you to, to take back that word. I want you to stand firmly, confidently in that word and say, no, this is good. Start using it with your kids. Help them understand. Help yourself understand if you need to first. Make sure you understand because uh, culture would say, well, just like I read, culture says it's a bad word. Culture says it's uh, not what we want to do. Culture says it's it's shoving down all feelings and living this unhealthy bottled up life. And I believe it's actually where freedom comes from. So do the work yourself so that you can then talk to your kids and teach them this way of obedience. Okay. We're out of time, but I am just getting started on some of the ways that we can use biblical discipline, biblical parenting in our approach with our kids. And so we're going to talk a lot more in the next episode about what that looks like and uh, use some awesome examples from the book Shepherding a Child's Heart. So I really encourage you, if you haven't yet, go get that book and read it along with me. It's it's so good. It's so many practical things in there. It's been such a game changer for me, but we're going to talk more about it in the next episode and I'm excited about that. But for today, let me just pray for you. I know uh, this idea can be a little challenging, especially when we're surrounded by all all these beliefs and thoughts that uh, say something completely different. So God, I, I just thank you for your word, God. I thank you that we have something to stand firm on. God, that our feet are planted on the rock, God, and not on uh, the shifting sands of culture that are always trying to figure things out and always changing. And we just stand confidently in your word, God. And we say thank you for giving it to us, God. And I just pray that everyone that's listening, God, you would open up their their eyes and their heart to what you have to say, God. Show them scripture uh, that you need to help them understand that this obedience is a good thing, God. Help them relearn how to look at that word, God, and and see it in the beauty that it holds, Lord. And I just pray for all of us as parents that we're trying to figure this all out. God, and none of us are going to be perfect, but God, I just pray that you would guide us. God, you trusted us with this role to raise your kids. God, ultimately they're your kids. And so God, I just pray for more wisdom, God, more guidance so that we can do the best job possible to raise up these little world changers that are going to be the light of the world, Lord. Thank you for trusting us with this, Lord. And I just pray for more courage and boldness for everyone listening to stand firm on what you say, Lord. You are so good and we love you and we trust you in Jesus name we pray. Amen. Love you, mama. If you found hope and inspiration in today's episode, then hit subscribe. Make sure you don't miss a moment on this journey of healing. Want to help more mamas enter into the hope and freedom you have found? Please take a moment to leave a review. This helps so much to get Morning Mama seen so that more mamas can find this space. Lastly, please come say hi in our Facebook group, Morning Mama Collective. I would love to meet you and learn your story. Let me know where you're getting stuck in your healing journey so that you can help inspire more episodes. I am so grateful for you, Mama, and I cannot wait to see all that God has in store for you. Thank you.